You're listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast, episode 17. Today, I'm talking about all the things you probably didn't know about my entrepreneurial journey. And if you're new here, I think this will be a really interesting episode because you'll get to know me a bit better. And if you're not new and you've known me for a little bit, hopefully I'll share a few little things that will inspire you because I think sometimes what we see on Instagram and what we think about people isn't always reality. So I'm here to share the real deal. So let's dig in. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. This is episode 17, things you didn't know about my entrepreneurial journey. What a mouthful that is. So today's episode is really focused on where I came from and sharing the real deal because I think it's important to share, you know, not only like where I am today in my business, but where I started from because perhaps you are where I started from and you want to see what's possible or perhaps you're in the middle of it, or perhaps you're maybe further along with your business. You want to see where I am and how I did things differently. I always think it's really interesting to hear the behind the scenes from entrepreneurs. I listened to an episode from Jenna Kutcher once that was very similar, and I found it so fascinating to hear her experience and how she started off with just buying a camera off of Craigslist and teaching herself photography. So I'm here today to share some of the the nitty gritty details about my journey. So if you don't care, you don't have to listen to this episode, but if you think you'll get something out of it, and I do think you will, because oftentimes when I was starting out, I was looking for role models who had been where I'd been and I was struggling to find those people. I think I can give you some hope that there is possibilities that you can achieve through hard work, perseverance, and just staying the course. So let's dig into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is that I was not an entrepreneur out of college slash university. I'm based in Canada, so we call it university, but I went to university right after high school and I did a four-year finance degree um, with a minor in economics. So that's my background in terms of education. And basically I came out of school and I had massive trouble getting a job. So I worked, um, or I eventually did get a job at one of Canada's top at the time, lingerie retailers, a competitor to Victoria's Secret. And that was my first job. My desk was in a hallway. I was making, I don't even know, maybe $25,000 a year. I was living at home. I was driving uh, probably about 45 minutes in bumper to bumper traffic in a car with no air conditioning to the job every day and basically spending my whole day in Excel, uh, Microsoft Excel. So that was my first job, super glamorous, I know, but that was where I started. And then from there, I just built up my career and some of you may know my journey. Um, and some of it, I think, was a little bit of luck mixed in with a lot of hard work and just doing a great job as an employee. I think now looking back, I can say that I was an awesome employee. I really cared about every job that I had and I put in 200% effort and I always valued the business I was working for, like it was my own. And I think that really came through. Um, so I spent, um, a few years in consumer 
um, goods. I got my MBA. I worked at uh, in brand management at Colgate Palmolive, uh, managing toothpaste and deodorant, and eventually got into consulting, management consulting in the retail space at PricewaterhouseCoopers, aka PwC, and then ThoughtWorks. And so when I started in Circled, I was actually what some people may call mid-career. I was in my, I guess I was in my early 30s when I came up with the idea. And so I was also in a really successful career. So it wasn't like I wasn't making any money. I was making, you know, six, well into the six figures of income. Um, I had a very great lifestyle. I traveled all the time, which had, had its pros and its cons for sure. I traveled for work almost every single week as well as for pleasure a lot. Um, and I had a pretty sweet deal. A lot of people would have loved the job that I had, but personally, I just felt like it had a lack of passion for me. I didn't feel super passionate about it. And I didn't feel like I was making a positive impact on the world. So many people don't know that I was mid-career. I wasn't like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. And I just like started this in my residence room. Like I was actually invested in my career and I'd gone an MBA and a finance degree. Um, so I invested in education and just decided to do something completely different. So you can always start again. I think that's the biggest message is, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in your thirties or your forties or your fifties or even your sixties or seventies, like there's no one to tell you that you can't start something new. You can start something new at any freaking time. People do it all the time, not only with a career, but they start over in life. Like people get divorced all the time and remarried. Like there's nobody to say that you're too old to do something. So first of all, let's start there. Um, the second thing I'll say is that I didn't really have any training in this industry. I didn't get training in the fashion industry. I did take a few courses. Some people may or may not be aware of, but I did take one illustration workshop. It was a few hours, um, at like a local sewing studio. They put it on, um, which helped me a little bit, but I'm still completely terrible drawing full disclosure and sketching. Um, I did take one sewing class where I made a shoe bag out of leftover denim fabric. And I thought it was so fun, but I didn't do it with the intent of actually like sewing my own products. Eventually, I just wanted the skills enough to sew samples. So that's why I did it to know how to basically operate a sewing machine. And spoiler alert, another fun thing you didn't know about me is that my mom is actually a really good sewer. So she is amazing. Um, she used to make clothing for me when I was a kid. So I spent a lot of um, days as a kid at Fabricland, which is like a fabric supplier in Ontario, um, playing through the bolts of fabric. And my mom and I get along really well now, but I think she tried to teach me so a couple times. And I just think that it's better to have somebody who's not related to you teach you that because it was very frustrating. So I did take a sewing course, but it was literally an afternoon course. I think it cost like 60 bucks and I got a free shoe bag out of it. So if you're thinking that you need training to go into what you do, Maybe you don't need as much training as you think you need. Maybe you just need an online course, or maybe you just need to listen to a couple of podcasts. Maybe you need to do an in-person workshop or watch some YouTube videos. You possibly don't need to get a degree or further training. I think a lot of females in particular tend to uh, feel like they're not ready yet or have imposter syndrome, but you're, you can always figure it out. So no training is definitely necessary. 
So the other thing you may not know is that I started my business while I was working full-time. So I was working full-time as a management consultant. And again, I was traveling weekly. I was rarely home. And I started as a side hustle. I mainly worked on it on weekends. I did some evenings, sometimes emails and stuff like that. But my job was pretty intense and I had a lot of after-hours dinners and client meetings and stuff like that. So I didn't have a ton of free time. And when I did in the evening, I was like exhausted from traveling. So I started that part-time and I had no funding. So I basically funded it myself. I The first step to doing that was that I sold my car. So at some point I had this, um, I bought a car with cash actually, which was very unusual, but I'd grown a great deal on it. It was a really nice SUV um, and I paid cash for it. And basically I ended up selling it like two years later for the same price because I'd gotten such a good deal on it. I negotiated, I'll save that story for another time. I use car negotiation tactics, but I'm actually very good at it. So if anybody needs any help on that, let me know. Um, but I ended up selling it for almost exactly what I paid for it. And I took that cash and that cash kind of became my original seed capital. And it was about $20,000, give or take. I think I had to pay some tax, maybe like, yeah, 2021. Um, so I had my salary kind of keeping me going and I put that money right into the business. And probably what I most used it for was for my website, photography, video, that kind of stuff, product development, initial inventory runs, nothing too fancy. Um, and then eventually, as I've talked about in a previous episode, I hired a PR firm and that I basically funded through, you know, my own savings and salary, um, and stuff like that. One thing you may also not know is that I started with no office space. So if you see my encircled um, Instagram account today, we're at encircled underscore. We have a beautiful space in the studio space in the junction area of Toronto. It's light and airy and gorgeous. But I started in the den of my condo. Actually, not true. Sorry. I started in my 490 square foot condo basically in the living room. Um, and then eventually I moved to a larger unit in the same building, uh, which was technically a two bedroom, two bathroom, but it was like a den pretty much. And I operated and circled out of there for, I think about a year and a half, maybe almost two years. And I operated out of there basically until I thought I could like somewhat afford office space. And when I moved into office space, that's what I did. But I pretty much packed packages on my kitchen counters. I had no employees. So I didn't start with employees by any means. So I did it all myself or I asked friends and family to help me with things. I used vacation time to attend shows and press things. Like I really got creative with it. So if you're sitting here thinking like I work full time, I have no free time, you can always figure it out. There's always a way to make things work. Maybe you get up a bit earlier. Maybe you take some vacation so you can go visit that manufacturer. You know, you kind of have to make some sacrifices in the beginning. And that's just the reality of running a business. Um, it's just not possible to do it any other way. And if you're not willing to do that, then maybe you're not willing to have a business. I'm sorry. I know that's not a super popular opinion, but it does take a lot of work at every single level. So you got to get creative and maybe you have to give up going on vacation for a couple of years to take that time and invest it in your business. Then that's what you got to do. So another thing that I think would really surprise you is that I was basically just figuring stuff out as I went in my business. I launched, I had no idea what I was doing. I had never had an e-commerce business. I had done some like Google AdWords at one point for 
um, a company, a consumer services company I was working for. And of course I had experience in marketing, but I was working for brands like Colgate Palmolive, our marketing budget. I don't remember what it was. I think it was somewhere between eight to 10 million a year for toothpaste. And we were doing like TV and print. I was not doing Facebook ads and social media. I don't even think they did that at that time. So I had no idea what I was doing. And I wonder if you can even scroll back to Encircled's beginning posts. I should probably archive them at some point, but I probably had like borders around the edges of social media posts. I probably photographed my sandwich. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. So if you're there right now and you're just like, I don't know what I just took photo of my spaghetti. I don't know why I did that on my business Instagram. It's cool. I was there too. Don't feel too bad about it. Just try and focus yourself and figure out what's working and refine your brand as you go. Um, I also started the business with no real vision or plan from the get-go. So I did have a business plan, but I only made that because I needed it to get a business bank account. I didn't really put a lot of thought into where the business would go. And what I mean from that sense is like, I knew how the business would operate, but I didn't have a lot of goals for the business. I didn't see it. I actually didn't really see it how it is today. I talk about sometimes this um, painted picture exercise that I did at Marie Forleo's uh, Rich Hot, Rich Hot Happy Live. Is that what it was called? Rich Hot Happy and Alive. I don't even remember. RHH Live. That's what it's called. Rich Hot Hot and Happy Live. I think it was Marie Forleo's like live conference in New York City. She doesn't do it anymore. Um, and it was a really amazing conference. And the one takeaway was like you have to do this like painted picture, which is essentially. Um, Cameron Harold, I think it's Cameron Harold from Double Doubles exercise around like really envisioning your future and talking in detail about what you see. So I did do that. And that exercise was more descriptive about like lifestyle and what our offices would look like and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't really have like hardcore goals. I wasn't like, I'm going to scale this to like $10 million by like 2020. Like I didn't have that kind of vision from the go. I just thought very abstractly about the business. So I knew I wanted to have a beautiful office space. I knew I wanted to be in the business full time. I wanted originally a yoga studio in the office. We didn't have that, but we do have one next door. Um, and I knew I wanted a dog. So like I, I knew I wanted to do manufacturing in Canada and I wanted to design clothing. So I had, um, yeah, I had a lot of like aspirations, but I didn't have a lot of like hardcore goals. So when I did eventually take investment, that was a really tough one for me. I had to map out goals and that was really, really hard. Um, so the next thing I'm going to tell you about my entrepreneurial journey that I think may surprise you, and I may not have talked about a lot here, is that when I did eventually quit my job, my parents basically stopped talking to me. So I quit my job in 2014. I left a great career, um, amazing team, amazing company, and just jumped right into Encircled. And I've talked about this in an episode, I think, in the last season. But of course, there were a variety of reasons, most chiefly being I just didn't have the time to invest in the business and was growing at a pace I couldn't maintain while having a full-time job. Um, and I basically didn't take a salary. I didn't pay myself. I just started working and I started doing some side work and consulting for friends. And um, I started doing some online coaching and stuff like that. But I basically wasn't making any money. I was living off my um, tax refund. I'd done a huge RRSP contribution, which is like, I think, a 401k in the US, kind of similar thing. And I was living off of fumes for 
I think at least two years I didn't pay myself. I believe I started paying myself. Oh, maybe I started paying myself after a year and a half, but I was paying myself like minimum wage. So I wasn't making very much money and it was really stressful. I did have to move out of my condo, which I loved into a much smaller, cheaper space in a different area of the city. Um, so it was a very humbling experience. I went from, you know, taking these elaborate vacations to basically, like trying to figure out if I could pay for my groceries on air miles from my business. So that part of my journey is a little bit farther in the rearview mirror. I, I would say it was the first couple of years, so probably between 2014 and 2016. So if you've been following me that long, you may have gotten a glimpse of it, but it was hard. And I don't have any dependents, so I don't have any... At the time, I had a cat. Um, I have a dog now, but um, I don't have any kids or a husband or any other family members that I need to support, but it was still so much pressure. And I'll never forget... Um, like just feeling like the stress of having a bank account with basically no money in it and credit cards kind of piling up and just wondering like, will this ever work? Um, so if you're in that space right now where you feel financially just so down, like every entrepreneur I've talked to has pretty much been there. There was one guy that I knew through my ex-boyfriend who, um, I think he just sold it, but he runs a chain of restaurants in Toronto. And when I met him, he told me that he was sleeping um, for the first few years in the storeroom of one of his restaurants. Um, and that's just what you have to do. Like that is just sometimes part of the journey. And the more help and support you can get from your friends and family in this time, the better, be it not financial, but maybe a couch to sleep on. There's so many amazing inspirational stories. Like if you ever follow Lewis Howes on Instagram, he basically came from nothing and now he's a... I don't know, multimillionaire and like public speaker and celebrity. So these stories do happen. So do not lose hope, but it is a scary situation. The last thing I think I want to highlight with you guys that people will find interesting is that I actually didn't go out and pitch for investment. I have an investor, but they actually came to me. So that's pretty unusual as well. And it took us, I think, almost two years to close the deal. So maybe you didn't know that either. But we started from the time we started talking to the time we signed the papers, it was two years. Isn't that crazy? So there's a number of reasons for that. Um, long time delay. Um, but I actually didn't think I needed capital until I met them. And I really liked their ethos, but I wasn't sure if I needed it. So I kind of delayed and procrastinated and then eventually like decided it was something I really needed to get the business to the next level and no regrets there. It's been super great to work with them and really helpful for building my business. But I think I you know, I've never had that. Exp I've pitched before. So that's not true. If you guys listen to my Dragon's Den episode, I pitched before to people, but I haven't done a lot of pitch competitions or anything like that. It's not my jam. I think at some point I'm going to have to go and pitch and raise capital. So I may not say this now, but from the beginning, I was just very lucky that I had a strong social mission in my business and they were looking for people. They actually found me through um, a, a organization called Fashion Tax Takes Action in Toronto. So this speaks to the importance of joining some of these organizations because when investors are looking for investments, they too don't know where to go. They're relying on referrals. They're relying on search engines. So you want to make sure your SEO is good and that you're connected to organizations that you think would be a fit with investors as well, if that's something you're looking for. 
So I think that's all I want to talk about in my entrepreneurial journey. I'm just trying to think if there's anything surprising that I really missed out on talking about. If there is, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at Brave and Boss and ask me any questions you want. I'd love to answer them on my Instagram stories. I'm trying to become a little bit more active on Brave and Boss's Instagram. Um, but I tried to share with you guys a bit of a mix of things that you didn't know about me because I think sometimes it's hard to picture when you're making $2,000 a month in revenue, how you could possibly ever go to 200,000. Like how impossible does that sound? But a lot of people do it and there's a lot of bumps along the way. So do not fear if you are stuck making $1,000 a month or $50 a month or 10,000, like there's always steps forward from there. And a lot of entrepreneurs who are really successful have been and probably have very similar stories to me, like not knowing the industry, not having any training, giving up something really good, taking a risk, like, you know, uh, operating out of your home, doing what it takes, bootstrapping. Oh, one great story I forgot to tell you guys about was one time when I sold my car, I actually had to rent like a a car. And the only thing I had was these smart car rental service in Toronto. So my first production run, I basically drove on the major highway in Toronto with Chrysalis Cardi's packed to the roof of a smart car. So if that isn't a gong show of a picture to take this episode out, then I don't know what is. So we've all been there in our journeys. And so do not be disheartened. Keep going. You deserve this. You've got this. I'm cheering for you. And I know the whole community is as well. So thanks for listening to this episode, things you didn't know about my entrepreneurial journey. If you thought this was helpful, please leave a review, subscribe it, rate, review. It's so helpful to getting this podcast in front of more entrepreneurs just like you. All right. We'll see you guys on Instagram. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.